Welcome to the Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast Show with your host, Father David Tickerhoof, T-O-R. Father David is a retired priest currently ministering in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Our Lady Queen of Peace House of Evangelization. You can find the show notes for each episode on the podcast website, evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. The teachings in this podcast are the thoughts and prayers of Father Tickerhoof and are based upon his good standing in the Catholic Church. And now, here's your host, Father David. You can find the show notes for today's recording, Tools for Daily Spiritual Growth, Episode 16 at evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. And now, here's Father David. Welcome to everyone. I hope you're all doing very well and uh, enjoying the great gift of uh, life that we all have in our nation and uh, the good things that God has provided for us, especially the wonderful uh, brothers and sisters we have that really do love us and care for us and And we want to just be so grateful for the wonderful people around us who help us be uh, what it means to be a a human being who is a caring and loving human being. What I'm going to talk about today is uh, some basic uh, tools or attitudes of daily spiritual growth, things that are real important for us as we grow in maturity in the supernatural life and in our our way in which we relate in grace to our brothers and sisters. The first one is we need to have a, a renewed mind. A renewed mind is a is the first one, and uh, this is uh, we could say is acquiring a fresh spiritual way of thinking. A renewed mind is one. It's in Ephesians, Ephesians four, verse twenty. 3 and 24, and it's, it's, it states, quote, acquire a fresh spiritual way of thinking, unquote. Acquiring a fresh spiritual way of thinking means you put on that new man or woman created in God's image, whose justice and holiness is born of truth. Over the last 50 years or so, I have met a good number of sincere and well-meaning people who genuinely desire to grow as a Christian. A a high percentage of these individuals have experienced significant times of profound graces of conversion or closeness with the Lord or walking in the way of the gospel or knowing what it means to want to become a saint. But for various reasons, seem unable to follow through with the necessary activity to grow in the gift of life, in the gift of living a life in the kingdom of God. In Luke's Gospel, Jesus is traveling from town to town, preaching and proclaiming the good news of salvation, the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news of God's grace. And many had come from the surrounding towns, and a large crowd had gathered. And Jesus spoke to them 
in a parable. Quote, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path and was trampled, and the birds of the sky ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky ground, and when it grew, it withered for lack of moisture. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. And some seed fell on good soil, and when it grew, it produced fruit a hundredfold. After he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear ought to hear. Later, when his disciples asked Jesus about the parable, he said to them, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those on the path are the ones who have heard but the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, but they have no root. They believe only for a time and fall away in time of trial. As for the seed that fell among thorns, they are the ones who have heard, but as they go along, they are choked by the anxieties and riches and pleasures of life, and they fail to produce mature fruit. But as for the seed that fell on rich soil, they are the ones who, when they have heard the word, embrace it with a generous and a good heart, and they bear fruit through perseverance. Then he said, take care then how you hear. To any anyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he seems to have will be taken away. The more who has this grace of conversion, renewal, and life with the kingdom will receive more. But the one who has it but doesn't respond it will eventually be taken away. This is Luke chapter 8, 4 to 18. That's the first point of uh, acquiring a new and renewed mind. The second point, living faithfully the way of life that I have committed myself to live as a Christian. Fidelity, faithfulness, perseverance. For some, this will be a living in a Catholic way of life. For others, it will be living according to the requirements of one's denomination or Christian group to which they belong. These commitments are filled specifically in the light, uh, these commitments are fulfilled specifically in the light of the permanent vocation which I have chosen for my personal life. The Christian life is not the life of a, quote, a lone ranger, unquote, but a life in community and in relationship. As I grow in the faithfulness of these commitments, I receive an abundance of opportunity to grow in holiness and maturity. How important it is to, put, to use the means 
of growing and the programs, the, the the word, the life and community, the things that are available, learning how to pray, growing in the gospel, doing mercy and love, caring for others, being faithful to my commitments of my vocation, being faithful to the priorities of the right relationships I have. All these things are means of growing in grace, prayer, growing in love of God, and sharing that with other brothers and sisters. So that's the second point, living faithfully the way of life I have committed myself to as a Christian. The third point is the development of a frequent or daily personal prayer time. You may want to review the podcast of, uh, about this, a frequent, how to do a frequent personal prayer time. The goal of the Christian is not just to have a frequent personal prayer time. The goal of our growth and our life journey in the, in the life of grace is to, is to live not just doing prayer, but living a life of prayer, a life in God, communication with God, an ability to discern, to know how God is leading, to know when he's leading, to know what to do, to, to know how to use the means that we have. All of these things work together by the divine love and presence of the guidance of the Spirit to help us reach the goals that we have, which is the goal is to live a life of prayer. The key to this reality is to have an ever-growing personal relationship of love with Jesus. Because as that matures, what happens is the Holy Spirit sets our heart aflame with love for the Father. And then the Father reveals and draws us more deeply into Jesus, and then we live the life of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. For the Christian, this experience is lived in relationship with the Father, who draws us to live in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. There are many written materials for practical advice designed to establish this objective. All you have to do is get online and hit some websites that particularly pertain to this area, or you can stop in a religious goods store and there's there's plenty of things. There's plenty of things. You just put put the category you're looking for in Google and up will come many resources for these things. So the next point is a frequent reading of a, a prayerful study of the Word. You know, actually, the heart of the Christian life and the heart of the Christian community life is the Word of God. And when we make the institution or external forms or other types of uh, good human things the center of our Christian growth and study, uh, what happens is our spirit sort of gets weak and in, in some cases it dies off and in some cases we, we're open to let Satan trick us and lead us into directions that that are not are not really so it's important to daily and frequently in some way experience prayerfully the scripture the word of God the gospel and to be willing to study spiritually what this means for the practical aspects of my vocation in my daily life 
Almost all the church fathers and current writers in the Christian life give strong encouragement for a frequent reading of Scripture, both the Old and New Testament. Our life lived in a is lived in a holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, holy, holy, holistic, contemplative, spiritual journey which bears abundant fruit. In light of this fact, each one of us is called to be holy as our Heavenly Father is holy. Our beloved Father calls each of his children to be formed as sons and daughters by the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The method that best accomplishes this objective is called in the Catholic communion Lexio Divina, quote, Lexio Divina. In this practice, one takes a short biblical parable or story or reads a few lines of inspiration from whatever scriptures is meaningful to them, reads it slowly, meditatively, just for a short time, not an extended study, and then spends a period of time uh, opening one's heart and mind to the presence of the Holy Spirit in teaching and learning about this. And so what happens is that as we do this method, uh, our whole inner being participates in conversation with God, communication, and the experience of communion. And we receive and hear the voice of the Lord and the presence of Christ and the enlightenment in our minds and the guidance and direction of God and growing in the nature and understanding of the Lord's love and of ourselves. It's conversation, communication, and the experience of communion with our Lord, realizing It essentially involves being in the presence of the Lord and then towards the end of our time of uh, prayer is learning how to listen to what he speaks to us. This is the hard thing. I talked to a good friend of mine who's 50 years of a long-standing spiritual leader and I asked her, with the communities that you relate to, what's the most difficult thing? She said, people don't know how to listen to the Lord. They don't know how to listen to the word. They don't know how to do that. And so they miss out on so much. So listening to how and what the Lord speaks to us is essential to uh, a a time of prayer or a life of prayer in many ways. The next point, and I I will present a model for this, is designing a spiritual growth plan for my life. What is a spiritual growth plan? A spiritual growth plan is a flexible tool which assists one in growing in the spiritual life and aids in the development of personal maturity. This a spiritual growth plan helps us to keep our our relationships, our key personal relationships of commitment and service in a good place and in a good balance. This plan relates to keeping my priorities in good order. For example, I may be sincere and dedicated and zealous 
and I maybe really want to help to build the kingdom of God, and I'm a married person, and I've got a family, and I have children, and I have a work that I do. But I may be spending an inordinate amount of time uh, on, say, point number five priority, which is my service in building the kingdom of the Lord or church work. However, I may be spending very little time with my children. I never have uh, times of consultation with them or times when I just take them out for a Wendy's or a time when I just take them for ice cream to just sit and talk with them about what's going on in their lives. So a spiritual plan helps me become aware of this neglect and aids me in making the necessary adjustments in my priorities. The key issue that I may want to ask myself is this. Am I generally experiencing a balance in my growth in holiness, my responsibilities, and my human maturity and relationships? The aim here is to develop a flexible, adjustable plan that fits my personal situation which I frequently and honestly evaluate from time to time. It is important in designing a spiritual growth plan that I'm very specific, direct, honest, and I have a good sense and good humor about it, and I'm patient with myself when I make mistakes or get out of whack. I realize that I can keep this personal plan too privately to myself if I choose. So what about a model? I'm going to present a model that has six points as just a a possible model not that you should adapt this what's your model Uh, sitting down and using maybe working out your own personal model that fits your your life and your priorities and your relationships so here's the model point number one is my relationship with god my number one priority is it in a good place at this time in my life Do I have a decent prayer time identified in my schedule? Do I frequently use scripture and am I open to use other meaningful meaningful devotions? Do I work on discipline in my life and practice the responsible virtue of self-control, avoiding inordinate excesses? This kind of gets us rooted in Uh, the relationship with the Lord. Point number two, are my personal relationships going well? Am I faithful to my church commitments? Do I spend the right amount of time with my key relationships? Uh, We have to learn how to recognize uh, the key relationships we have and what the priorities they have. So if we spend uh, a huge amount of time with my friends after work and I don't get home till later after supper and I don't spend very little time with my wife or husband, that's not uh, fulfilling the right priority of my spiritual commitments as a Christian. Do I participate in biweekly or monthly small group of some kind which is supported, supportive and life-giving in my personal life and in my work and in my service relationships? in my work for the kingdom? And is my work with my gifts and talents 
in in uh, serving others and in my workplace is is my service relationships in a good place? Do I have a good way of relating or do I get into negative stuff or do I listen to gossip too much or do, in a sense do I say things about others and complain about the boss and and uh, do I, that that type of thing so am I free from frequent negative or sinful communication with others am I wise in choosing good friends who are supportive to me in my way of life that's point number two so point number three Am I willing to do the necessary study using all the contemporary technologies at hand which will joyfully and peacefully assist my personal growth and demonstrate a generous service and cooperation with others? Point number four. Do I avoid a spiritual narcissism? You know what spiritual narcissism is? Uh, everything I do spiritually, my devotions, my care, my service, it's all about me. It's because I'm benefiting. I'm benefiting. It's all about me. Everything is turned into me excessively. So it's an excessive preoccupation with self-preoccupation with spiritual matters. That's what spiritual narcissism is. Uh, do I avoid that type of thing by concentrating on good, solid communication with others at work, in my professional life, in my service projects, and in my ministry? Point number five. Am I generous in serving others by sharing my faith, by doing mercy work, and choosing good projects according to my gifts and talents? Am I also willing to do service with which will stretch me in ways when I feel uncomfortable when I'm asked. Point number six. Again, being responsible is the key. Do I take time for exercise? Do I have a, a relatively good plan for nutritional eating, which is modern-day means of fasting? <laughs> Uh, do I do recreation? Do I have good social opportunities with others? Am I responsible to take care of my health? And my, my as I said, nutritional eating is the modern way of fasting. Uh, getting the, the necessary rests and taking the quote downtime unquote when I need it. And do I enjoy? my social opportunities and vacation times. So there are six points of uh, a, a model for a spiritual growth plan. Now, nobody does that perfectly, and uh, some things we do well, some things we don't. But and, and don't, It's not making a kind of a, an overstructured kind of thing that becomes a burden, but it's a guide and a means of helping me focus on the right relationships and support with God, with my my close spouses, with my friends, with my children, with others, and, and with my service that I do and with my professional work. So the last point is uh, community and interconnection. This is important. This is important. Well, a lot of times we forget what it means to be human, you know. Uh, holiness is wholeness. Holiness is wholeness. 
And so this consideration involves the gift and sacredness of being human. When God created me as human, he gifted me with uh, the joy of intimacy, with the intimacy with him, the intimacy with, with those that I love most closely and have responsibility for, intimacy with myself, and the right kind of intimacy with uh, brothers and sisters in the Christian community. And he gifted me with the happiness of sharing. And he gifted me with the pain of suffering, a sacrificial love, uh, seeing my love as always being in the power of the cross, sacrificial love. These values embody the second great commandment. Love in action is the continuous discernment between truth and compassion. Speaking the truth without compassion is not love, even if I call it that. It ends up as possible forms of negativity and in some cases can generate violence. Acting compassionately without truth is not love, even if I call it that. It's a false compassion. It ends up as enabling, allowing others to continue their own destructive patterns. Each life situation will ask me to discern what kind of action I must take in order to do the most loving thing in my life. And my action will not be without personal cost. When in doubt, I must err on the side of compassion. We see this in Matthew 12, 1 to 8, and James 2, verse 13. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I received this from my brother, who's big on this area, Father Bernie Tickerhoof. So let us conclude this time in a time of reflection and prayer. And let us pray the prayer that Father John Horn gave us all as as an act of contrition and love and relationship. Lord Jesus, to know you is eternal life, and I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the living God. I love you, and I place my trust in you. And boy, I am so sorry for all my sins and from withholding myself in any way from you. Please forgive me and heal any pain I've caused others, any damage I've caused others. I forgive anyone who has hurt me and I ask you to bless them. In your name, Jesus, I renounce anything in my life that is not of you and that I have welcomed into my heart or mind. Wash me in mercy and fill me with your precious blood and the Holy Spirit. Father, all my need for love and affection can be found in Jesus in you. Your embrace, embrace me as a son or daughter. And may I never leave the home of your heart again. But by your living grace and the work of your spirit, may I resolve to remain in your heart and abide in your shade where you restore to me the joy of salvation. Amen. The opinions on this broadcast are those of Father Tickerhoof. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with a friend. And to contact Father David, email him at frdavid.com 
jt at gmail.com. And be sure to leave Father a star rating on any podcast app. You can find more information about Father David on evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com.